Buckeyes are going to roll. I love the over. I think points are going to be scored. Last week, I went six of eight units, made a boatload of money. Clemson's going to put up 55 points by themselves. He's not the coach to get Penn State over the hump. I'm going to throw some major money in this bet. I'm taking the over. Looking at where the models and the lines are running, at least two scores difference. And then my staked in the boom lock of the week. This is the two-unit play. If you're going to bet with me, it's got to be good. Mickey, Scotty, you ready to go make our listeners some money? Hello, sports bets fanatics. Uh, we are recording the show live. It's Saturday morning, January 23rd. This episode is going to drop shortly, a little bit later today on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. We are Sports Bets Fun, your source for sports betting entertainment. Thank you for joining us today as we talk sport, make some bets, and have a little fun doing it all. In addition to our podcast, check out our website, Sports Bets Fun. Dot com and follow us on Twitter at Sports Bets Fun. I'm Maddie Money. Joining me again are my partners in crime, co-hosts Mickey Sanrino and Scotty Be Good. Before we get into our topics today, Mickey, big announcement to make. We have our boy Scotty Be Good. He's back after I believe it was since Christmas since he's uh, since he was with us last, but he is back on the show today, Mickey. The man, the myth, the legend, Scotty B. Good is back. Scotty Betts, Scotty Pucks, Scotty Podcast, he's live. How you doing, my man? <laughs> what is up, gentlemen, man? It is great to be back. You know, these last few weeks we've been off, man. And we, hey, that's not stopped us from making money, that's for certain. Um, you know, I know you want to be on the show following that Ohio State's big win versus Clemson, right, in the semifinals. And uh, I got to tell you guys, I'm going to go ahead and give the Bucks their due for that game. And uh, with that win, I can say with confidence, hey, they earned a shot at the national championship game. Now, before you stick your chest out too far, and go, <laughs> listen, we also have to give Bama their due for the championship win. And simply put, incredible performance, guys. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I thought I'd have to say today, I didn't think we'd be talking a whole lot of college football on the show, right? I thought we'd kind of pass the season. Um, but with all this news coming out of Knoxville this week, and, and you guys, you know, they're close to my heart. The balls are. Mickey, Maddie, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to – well, I'm not really looking forward to <laughs> talking some big orange football in the state of the program. Well, Scotty, we're definitely going to be talking about your Tennessee Volunteers today and their coaching search and where, where that is. Uh, and Mickey uh, – We'll have you give us what's on tap here in a second for the for the full show. But first, we do have some breaking news. This was just announced this morning, a blockbuster trade in the NHL. About an hour or so ago, Columbus Blue Jackets traded their star center, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and a draft pick to the Winnipeg Jets for their star, Patrick Laine and Jack Roslevic. Did I say that right, Mickey? Sounded You're- perfect. This is a huge <laughs> trade. Love this trade for Columbus. Blue Jackets, they're adding a 30 to 40 goal scoring winger. Those guys don't grow on trees. That's Patrick Line. They also get a young middle six center in Jack Roslovic, who just happened to be the first ever first round pick, born and raised and developed in Columbus. That's a great story. But Line is surprised here for the Blue Jackets. He gives them a consistent scoring threat on the wing that they've not had in a while. On the Winnipeg side, they're now deep down the middle. Mark Scheifele and Pierre-Luc Dubois as their number one and number two pivots. They still got Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler, Nikolai Ehlers on the wings, giving them scoring in the top six. And it opens up an opportunity for their 2017 first round pick, Christian Vasilainen, 
to maybe slide into a scoring role or develop into that scoring role. Win-win trade for both teams, both Line and Dubois were, uh, um, I wouldn't say malcontents, but uh, there was a lot of friction there with their respective organizations and uh, a change of scenery was definitely needed for both. This trade works out well for both teams, guys. Yeah, we don't see big trades like that too often in the NHL. I'm sure both fan bases are going to be excited to see what their teams can do with their their new stars coming in. So, but Mickey, we got a show. We got some college football talk. We got NFL. Tell tell our listeners what is on tap. Yeah, we have college football power five coaching carousel. We want to talk about some of the new hires? We're going to dig deep into the Tennessee Volunteers and their coaching search. Who should the big orange hire? Danny White. We know you're listening. We'll help you out. Uh, of course, huge weekend in the NFL, conference championships, Super Bowl tickets are on the line. We're going to break down those games. And of course, saving the best for last, we have our money-making picks. Let's go, guys. Well, first up, we're talking college football coaching carousel, some notable Power Five uh, changes. Uh, we have Steve Sarkeesian replacing Tom Herman at Texas. Uh, Brian Harson is in at Auburn. Gus Melzahn finally pushed out. An interesting one in the Big Ten, Brett Bielema returns to the conference. He's going to be taking over Illinois uh, for the departed Lovey Smith. Jed Fish, he's in at Arizona following a crash landing of Kevin Sumlin and his swag copter. Don't lose 70-7 to 7 to the Herminator and keep your job, apparently, boys. Uh, and two more in the SEC. Former Notre Dame defensive coordinator Clark Leah. Is that how you say that? He returns to his alma mater at Vanderbilt, replaces Derek Mason. And Shane Beamer is going to take over for Will Muschamp at South Carolina. Scotty, uh, the big one is uh, of these is uh, Steve Sarkeesian to Texas, obviously being Alabama's offensive coordinator. Why don't you talk a little bit about about that move for Texas, what Sark brings to the table, and your thoughts in general. Yeah, guys, when I saw that uh, Tom Herman had been fired there at Texas, it, it surprised me, kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I mean, when, when you look at his first four seasons there, he was 32-18, and 18, okay? So kind of middle of the road there. Um, but he did go 4-0 in bowl games, w- including a win in a Sugar Bowl, big-time game. He was 1-3 against Oklahoma um, with a four-overtime loss this year. And, uh, you know, he, he consistently had him in the top 25. Um, if you tell me, again, this is from a Tennessee fan perspective sitting here, if you give me that in the first four years, I'm, I'm pretty dang excited, right? Um, you know, and, and I don't think Texas would have made this move, guys, if they didn't 100% believe in Sark and, and think that he could come in and get the job done. Um, and when I say get the job done, that means competing for a national championship, right? Competing for one of those final four spots. Listen, Sark has been in Bama Hab, um, where all the coaches go to rehab. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like that. Yeah, and uh, you know that's the place where you want to be to kind of get your head on straight, mature, and, and guys, I think he's I think he's ready for this job. He's led a juggernaut of an offense there the past three years in Tuscaloosa, um, and I think he's going to do the same thing at Texas if he gets the right staff around him, the right defensive coordinator in there. Um, you know, I, I think he's I think it's going to be an incredible hire. I think it's a great pick for Texas. Um, so with that being said, guys, tell me a little bit more. And this is where I'm going to lean on you guys. What do you think about this Brian Harson to, to Auburn? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, this, this to me is an interesting one for a couple of reasons. One, Auburn just parted ways with, at the time, the only active coach to beat Nick Saban three times. And two, I don't think they made an upgrade in hiring Harson. 
By all accounts, Brian Hurston's a good coach. It's widely noted that he's won nearly 80% of his games at Boise, uh, offensive coordinator under Matt Brown at Texas, offensive coordinator Chris Peterson previously at Boise as well. But you know what? When he took the Boise job, he was replacing Chris Peterson, and Chris Peterson won 90% of his games on the blue turf. Well, I think Harson's going to bring stability to the program that at times was a roller coaster under Melzahn. I'm struggling to see Harson reach the highs that Melzahn delivered. He beat Bama nearly half the time. He made the national championship game. He got to Atlanta SEC championship multiple times. I see Harson leading the program to consistent eight and four, nine and three records, four or five years of that. Do you see the power brokers on the planes being thrilled? He may not have the lows that Melzahn has, but, uh, you know, I think it's a black hire. I really do. Um, but we got another one to talk about, Maddie. I'm going to kick it to you. You're the Big Ten guru here. Let's talk about Burt Bielema returning boss hog, taking over the uh, fight in line at Illinois. Burt Bielema. Yeah, let's talk Burt Bielema. <laughs> but, yeah, so Brett Bielema in Illinois. It's an interesting one. You know, when he was at Wisconsin, they were steady. They were consistent. They would go 10 and 1, 10 and 2, 11 and 1. Now, they didn't really play a strong non conference schedule. So they would always kind of work their way up in the top 10, but then they would hit an Ohio State or, or drop one to, you know, a Michigan or Penn State or something. But he's got a formula uh, to be, I think, in the Big Ten West. He's got a formula with, if he brings in sort of that same mentality that he tried to take the, Arkansas, but didn't quite have the success. Power running game is what Wisconsin is built on. He tried to do it at Arkansas. They were able to run the football, but they couldn't really play defense. And against the, the elite level teams, there was just no way they were going to compete. But I think that's a formula to, to compete in the Big Ten West. Uh, you don't face Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, you know, the Blue Buds year in and year out. You do have a Wisconsin. You're going to play a, a feisty Northwestern team. If Nebraska, you know, gets back on track, but you're not going up against elite competition week in and week out. So I think he can have some success in Illinois and, you know, compete for big 10 West titles. So if you're Illinois, I think you got to be happy with that. Again, the, the fighting Illini there, their expectations can't be too high, but enough about that. The, the, the is big there, one. Is there, that another, we want. is there another coaching opening that we should maybe talk about? Yeah, this is the big one we want to talk about and, and having our boy Scotty be good on. You know, he is a Tennessee alumni. And uh, this past week, you know, I guess the last few weeks, there's been you know a little bit of a cloud hanging over. I know we had traded texts going back from before Christmas. You know, is you know is Pruitt going to make it through the, through the season after the bowl season? Is he going to be around? And it was looking like he would probably have another year or two. But then all of a sudden there was this cloud of an investigation and didn't really know what was to come of it, but a quick timeline. And then, Scotty, I want to kick it to you to get get your thoughts. Uh, so these investigations pop up, and they had some openings on their staff, and there was they paused uh, any hiring of new positions. That was sort of announced. They're not going to be hiring or giving raises to their assistants. And this was after Pruitt had received the, received the raise. And then kind of out of nowhere, Kevin Steele is hired in. They didn't really formally announce what his role was. I guess people thought defensive coordinator or something. And Scotty, you can maybe touch more on this. And then just this week, Pruitt is fired. Philip Fulmer, and I'm using air quotes here, retires. Looks probably more like a, a forced resignation with all the, in, the, the result of the investigation coming out, paying recruits. And at least from my standpoint, arguably the, the, the funniest point of this is the whole McDonald's bag 
full of cash story comes out where coaches were handing recruits McDonald's bags full of cash. I know Mickey, you probably grimaced when you saw that they were, they were treating their recruits to McDonald's. How are you going to get elite recruits if you aren't giving them at least a, you know, a takeout bag from Morton's or Ruth Chris uh, with half a steak in there, but <laughs> enough on that, Scotty, let's get serious here. I want your thoughts on the state of Tennessee football, uh, their program, and kind of the coaching search and, and what you see coming. All right, guys, let's dig in. And to be honest, man, this is really the most exciting thing that happens about every three or four years or so with Tennessee football, right? <laughs> <laughs> All the, the drama, the, the you know, uh, there's nothing to be excited about in the regular season. And so when we have this coaching change and all this uproar and all these like McDonald's bags full of cash, I mean, this is great, dude. This is just an exciting time. It's, a, it's like a movie, right? It's, I'm living in the middle of a drama here. Well, any publicity is good publicity, they say, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see about that at this time. Um, but, you know, it, again, it's, it's weird. It's, it feels kind of dirty, but it's still kind of exciting, right? You know, I don't know what's about to happen. I mean, and if history repeats itself, Tennessee's more likely to hire uh, Tony Sanchez top coach. Um, hey, before I go, before I go on, then can you tell me where Coach Sanchez coached this past season? If if either one of you can get this, I'll tell you what I'll do. Next time we're all three together, I'll buy you both an appetizer. Now don't look it up. No Google. <laughs> I see. I, I see I, Nikki. <laughs> I do not know who Coach Sanchez is. I thought you were making some dirty joke or something at first. But. <laughs> he is a dirty Sanchez, I'll tell you. <laughs> Family shows, guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Tony Sanchez was UNLV's head coach this past season. He went defeated. And so, again, but I'm saying this is where we're at as the state of Tennessee. We hire these coaches. Everybody's kind of scratching their heads saying, who are these guys, right? So moving forward, now it is time to get serious, guys. I'm glad to see Pruitt go. He wasn't the answer. Um, I feel like it was a major mistake when he was hired. Many people were saying this upon his hire. They hand the keys of a major program over to the first-time head coach. And as we can clearly see now, he wasn't ready for that responsibility that comes with that position, right? I mean, one, I, I feel like Pruitt in his experience in college football, I mean, what has he seen? What has he been around? But to be so careless, right? Money and Mickey D bags. I mean, come on, really? Like, if he's been privy to some of these things, let's say at Alabama, right? They're paying players, doing certain things. Does he think it's just that simple to to do? As you go and you just load up McDonald's bags full of cash and hand it to him, right? The good that's going to come out of this gentleman for the program, we had to burn it down to the ground and we had to rebuild, starting with the foundation, right? We've been making some of these small changes here and there. You've been bringing in. Coach Fulmer, who was not a long-time hired AD to begin with, to try to just bring some stability to a crazy program. Well, now listen, it has been burnt to the ground. We are starting at ground zero, and now we get to start anew. And uh, to me, that's exciting, right? We got a new AD that's come in, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, uh, you know, um, San Reno, we've been talking about this earlier this week. We're texting back and forth. We're talking about having the resources, the donors, the money, the facilities, um, consistently have the talent that comes in um, each year with each recruiting class. But what we've lacked in the past is leadership and really the ability to coach these players up. Yeah, and that's why I love the Danny White hire for athletic director. That's a great start. Um, and, and I don't think Tennessee it has that far to go. They've been recruiting well the last few years. But right now, I see them fighting with Kentucky, Missouri, maybe South Carolina to be the third best team in the SEC East. That's not that bad, but that's not what the expectation is for the program. You know, you look at that division over the next three, four, five years, the time it takes for a coach to ramp up. 
Georgia, they're at the top. They're probably not going anywhere the way Kirby Smart's recruiting. With JT Daniels now showing up at quarterback, I'm expecting them to be the standard bearer in that division, at least for a year, maybe another year or two. Florida's got a two-year head start on Tennessee. I don't think these two programs were that different from each other when Florida hired Dan Mullen. But they got a two-year head start, and I think the Gators can be ahead in a couple of years. Kyle Trask isn't coming back, and if they struggle to replace him, that's going to that's gonna lessen that gap, right? So for Tennessee, they got Danny White. He brings devotee to the athletic director position. He brings leadership. I mean, he's knocked it out of the park at Central Florida. He knocked it out of the park at Buffalo. Even in his roles before he was an athletic director, there's success there. But now Tennessee, they have to hire a coach that can, one, build a culture, two, develop the talent that's on the roster. They can do that. They, they're going to quickly catch Florida. Recruit at a similar level to what they've been doing, then ultimately find a quarterback, whether it's a, a current guy on the roster, whether it's a recruit, whether it's a graduate transfer. Then they're going to be able to take that step and compete with Florida and give Georgia fits potentially in two to three seasons. So my question to you guys is, who's that coach? Yeah, and, you know, guys, all this stuff that's happening, this has been going on behind the scenes for a while now, right? The new AD hire seems so fast, right? What? Philip Fulmer resigns, head coach fired, what, within 48 hours, new AD. I mean, since this, I mean, they've had um, a law firm and they've been doing so much work behind the scenes right now and trying to, with this investigation. And so with the new coach, you know, we got our new AD, Danny White in, guys, who was an assistant AD at Ole Miss, who took, who had a part in hiring Hugh Freeze. Um, he also hired Lance Leopold down at Buffalo. Seems to be like a pretty solid choice down there, right? Um, right now we got the Kevin Steele is in place interim coach, right? He loves Tennessee. He's a Tennessee guy. Um, I think that's great for him to be there. I think that hire was made knowing good and well that he was going to be moving into that role as an interim. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't go ahead and tell him that, that that was going to be happening, right? That's what was going to be going down. Um, you know, hey, before we go on to our coaches here real quick, guys, did you hear about the text that Lane Kiffin sent to some of the major donors there in Knoxville? Did not hear that. What what happened? What what did he say? I'm sure it's good. <laughs> the Lane Kiffin to a T. He said, "Hey, gentlemen, it's time for me to come home." <laughs> <laughs> and and apparently he sent that to like three or four of the big time donors there. You know, it's like, "Are you ready for me to come home, man?" And uh, you know what? As crazy as it sounds, I mean, who knows? Who knows if what would happen there? Um, but just such Lane Kiffin style, dude, to send that text out. But real quick, guys, I'm going to throw out some potential candidates. I'm going to run through them real fast for you. And then I'd love to get your quick feedback on what you think about these guys. Um, listen, first guy that pops to my brain, Bill o or <laughs> to my mind, Bill O'Brien, right? I, I would love that hire. Took over a similar situation at Penn State. He turned that program a worse situation than Penn State, to be honest. And he turned that he turned that program around quick. And with a couple yeah, of years, he kept, them, he kept them afloat during some tough times, man. That'd be a good, that'd be a good hire. Yeah, I mean, the experience he has with that type of situation, right? I love that. Lance Leopold from Buffalo, right? Uh, Mickey sent me over this this stat earlier in the week, 109-6 and six in D3 with six national championships. That really caught my attention right there. That was good stuff. Um, listen, uh, Luke Fickle, Cincy coach, right? I think that would be a great hire. It's 35-14 record at Cincy, and they were a well-coached team this year. Cincinnati was a well-coached team this year. You can see that on the field. Uh, Hugh Freeze. Right, like we were talking about earlier, uh, Danny White had been a part of hiring him down um, there at Ole Miss. Gus Malzahn, hey, listen, he's not this big, flashy hire, but would he bring stability? 
And would he bring some good offense to, to, to Knoxville? Yeah, he would. Um, again, I love this. I love this, though. Jamie Chadwell, right, out of Coastal Carolina. He, he, he's shown that he can coach a team up. And the last guy I would just throw there, name in the hat I like to throw in there, Tom Herman, right? We, we opened up talking about him, too. Um, again, not a flashy hire, but is he a solid coach? Yeah, I think he's a solid coach. And can he bring some stability and at least get us to a point where we're up in the upper tier of the SEC East? Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of good names out there, and and a lot of options. You had Bill O'Brien did sign on at Alabama, so you got to wonder: is he going in the Bama have as as you stated earlier? Would, would he be looking to to maybe go to a rebuilding project, um, or does he do his one or two years as offensive coordinator at Alabama, and then then look maybe to get back into the NFL? Um, I really like Leopold, um, Leopold. Uh, what I, you know, I think a winner is a winner is a winner. And this reminds me as an Ohio state guy, this reminds me of Jim Trestle when he was hired, he came out of nowhere. Uh, when they were doing that search, everyone was talking Glenn Mason, who was an Ohio state alum and was the head coach at the university of Minnesota and, and was doing well, all things considered there, or even a Chris Spielman who was the outside the box, never a head coach before, but Ohio state alum NFL player. And they went and they pulled the trigger on Trestle who had won, I believe four national championships at the one double a level. And he got it. He came in. He was an Ohio guy, obviously, which which I think plays well with that. That's the one thing Leopold or Leopold doesn't really have is that tie to Tennessee. Um, so I don't necessarily know how that plays. But when you win, I don't care if it's D D D one, D two, D three. If you're winning, and then he's made that jump to Buffalo, and they had a, a phenomenal season uh, this year, and he's had a lot of success. I think that was sort of the the stepping stone to show, hey, this guy can have success at the D one level. And I kind of think the tip of the hat is the hiring of the AD uh, his relationship with Leopold. That suggests to me that maybe that's the track they're going to go. And look, you got to love the Danny white. I just want to add this one last comment. You got to love the hire of Danny white. This guy was the AD when UCF won the national championship. Am I correct on that? <laughs> so, you know, they're thinking, you know, they're thinking big, um, but Mickey, you know, Scotty rattle off some of these names, which ones pop to you? You know, I love the names. I'm going to do a quick uh, segue, Danny White. You look at the football coaches he's hired. He, at Buffalo, he hired Lance Leipold. Obviously, we're raving about Leipold today. Goes down to UCF, takes over uh, a program that I think was winless, and they fired George O'Leary. Uh, and he, uh, he hires Scott Frost. They win the national championship two years later. Frost goes to Nebraska. And then they hire former Oklahoma quarterback Josh Heupel. And UCF has has, has – not played at the national championship level the last couple of seasons, but they're still winning nine, 10 games. So the man knows how to hire coaches, but going back to the, the list of, of names that you mentioned, Scott, I think all those would be great hires. Gus Malzahn and Tom Herman right away would, would be a shot in the arm to Tennessee. Uh, you know, who knows if they're enjoying buyout life or not, but you know, I come back to this, who, who can they bring in that's going to develop the talent on the roster and build a culture while continuing to recruit at an SEC level and catch Florida and potentially Georgia, because they play Georgia, Alabama, and Florida every year. So they're going to have to up their game if, if they do want to get to Atlanta. So we're talking about coaches. The guys I like, the guys I think check these boxes would be Matt Campbell, Luke Fickle, or Lance Leeple. I think all three of those guys have shown that they're going to build a culture that's going to be tough. They're going to develop the talent on the roster to overachieve. And they're going to be the right type of coach to lift Tennessee football to a competitive level with Georgia and Florida and Alabama, maybe in the next two to three seasons. 
Right, guys, look, and and we're going to wrap this segment up, but before we do that, let's put a steak dinner on this. I want to go around each one of us, give our pick for who they hire, and the winner is going to be eating steak if, if one of us gets it right. So, Mickey, we'll start with you. Who, who do they hire? I would hire Luke Fickle. Scotty? Okay. I, w- I wish they would hire Bill O'Brien. I think they'll hire Leopold out of Buffalo. That's who I think they'll hire. Leopold is who I think they're going to hire. And that's who I'd want to hire yeah. as a Tennessee guy too. So we're Listen, on Leopold. All those, and- yeah. All those names we just mentioned guys as a Tennessee fan, again, I, I would be happy again. I think that, especially if where our program is currently, you know, then I would be happy with that. Well, if, if Tennessee is to hire a sitting head coach who has been successful, they haven't done that since Johnny majors, Butch Jones, he had some success at Cincinnati, nowhere near the success that other coaches have had at, at Cincinnati mid-majors. But uh, this is this is going to be a hire where they're going to hire a sitting head coach or a coach that was recently a sitting head coach that's going to come in and, and bring some credibility instantly to that that role. Well, and here's a thought for you. If, if you go get a Leopold or a Fickle or an O'Brien, you know, take like a Tom Herman. Maybe he doesn't come in as a head coach, but can you back the truck up and bring that guy on as an offensive coordinator or or one of these other guys who is now out of the head coaching position? Gus Melzahn, right? You'd love to see his offense uh, at Tennessee and, you know, maybe someone else at the helm or whatever. That could if – they, if, if they want to back the truck up, bring the resources in, bring some big names in, obviously the head coach is going to have, a you know, a huge say in that. But, uh, hey, we'll see. I think it will be fun to watch and see who they get and uh, we'll see how this shakes out. But uh, – Let's wrap this up and let's move on to the NFL, shall we, gentlemen? Let's get it. All righty. NFL, here we come. Um, Digging the new music. All right, we got the NFL. Mickey, we're going to work on our production team over here. But, uh, yeah, we got the NFL Conference Championship this weekend. Uh, Sunday, we have two games. Uh, these are This is to go to the Super Bowl. We have the Green Bay Packers, the number one team in the NFC. They're going to be hosting Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Green Bay is laying three and a half points right now, and the total is 52 Let's start with that one. And Mickey, why don't, you, why don't you give us your thoughts on that NFC championship game? Yeah, these two teams met in week six. Tampa thumped Green Bay 38-10 to 10 in that game. Since then, Green Bay has slowly improved all year to the point where they've quietly looked like the most complete team in the NFL for the past month of the season. They'll always have a shot with Aaron Rodgers, but to me it's the defense improvement that I like. Not going to count out Tampa. They're a good team. They've earned where they're at. But this game's at Lambeau in Green Bay, and the Packers have been playing some great football, so it's tough to see them losing this one. I'm going to predict the Packers heading to Tampa for Super Bowl 55. Scotty, what's your thought on, on how this game's going to unfold? Yeah, I think that the Packers are playing lights out right now. Listen, they are at home. They've got Aaron Rodgers. They've got Devontae Adams. They've got Aaron Jones, who's getting better and better each and every game as the year's gone on. Um, but to me, I, I really do. The biggest factor playing at home, Brady's taken the Bucks, which has had an incredible season. Mad props to Brady in the season that they've had. Dude's a winner, but they're not going get, to get, get past Green Bay, not at home. And uh, once we get to picks, I'll tell you what the final score is going to be. How's that sound? 
I love it. I love it. And and, and Brady and the Bucks, what they've done there has been pretty pretty phenomenal. And I love I love seeing it because you know the Patriots missing the playoffs. All the talk about Belichick not needing Brady. Brady, you know, it's good to see. But uh, we'll get to that pick here shortly. Before we get into the picks, though, we have the AFC Championship game. Number one, number two, we have chalk in this. The Buffalo Bills are traveling to Air, uh, to Kansas City Arrowhead Stadium, face off against the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs, defending Super Bowl champion, defending Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are laying three right now. That was two and a half, right? Earlier in the week, and now it's uh, yeah, it I opened, think it opened at two and a half. Yeah, and now, now the announcement that Mahomes is playing. Uh, it's, it's chiefs minus three total 54 and a half. Scotty, let's go to you first on, on this one. What do you like? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's guys, it's hard to bet against the chiefs. Um, they I mean, they're just, their offensive juggernaut, right? They're an incredible offensive team. And, uh, but what, what I got to say, the bills are a team of destiny this year, boys. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> They've got Josh Allen. They've got Stephon Diggs. I've been riding the Bills for a while now, guys. I have been high on their on their horse for a long time. So, uh, you know, I, I'm loving the Bills, man. I, I'm I think they're going to pull it off. Well, and this year, you know, you got to travel into Arrowhead, but it ain't going to be the Arrowhead Stadium that was maybe a season ago. So, you know, that could maybe that home field advantage uh, isn't going to be quite the advantage there uh, yeah. for the Chiefs. And- and momentum, guys, right? Momentum is a real thing in the sports world, in any sports you play. And the Bills have the momentum. I feel like their defense is just getting nastier each and every game. They're, they're confident, right? It's a confident defense. And I think that is, that's the X factor. I think both offenses are going to perform at a high level. I think it's the Bills defense that has just that extra oomph in this game and to get them over the hump. Mickey, what are you seeing? Yeah, I agree with Scotty. Um, this one's a rematch from week six. The Chiefs went into Buffalo and won 26-17. You may recall that game was shuffled around because of some COVID concerns that happened earlier with Tennessee and Pittsburgh that moved some stuff around. Uh, but that was that was a good game that the Chiefs won. Uh, for the Chiefs, the good news is Mahomes will be playing. The Chiefs need that. The issue is this. We talk about momentum. Well, the Chiefs have been winning games. They've not looked crisp over the past five to six weeks. Last week, they allowed Cleveland back into a game that, for all intents and purposes, looked to be over with at halftime. The Mahomes injury played into that. Um, but I, I agree with Scotty here. Buffalo has been too good of a team and has been playing the best football in the AFC since December. Similar to Green Bay in the, in the NFC, really Green Bay and Buffalo have been the two most complete teams over the final five, six, seven weeks of the season. Uh, look, this game can go either way. I'm going to pull a page out of Scotty's playbook here and, and make you wait for my pick. Little suspense. Build build the suspense for later. But, uh, you know, this one is going to be exciting. you got Mahomes. you got Josh Allen. These two are two dynamic young talents at quarterback. you got weapons on both sides of the ball for both teams. I'm excited to see the Bills' defense. Tremaine Edwards, at linebacker, how, what he can do uh, against Kelsey and, and the dynamic Chiefs attack. It's going to be a great game, guys. Yeah, it's it's of the two. It's the one I'm definitely. I think it's going to be the just a great matchup with with the, that offense and or the both teams' offenses. I do come back to when I look at this. I just think the Chiefs. They've been winning games, but you know they haven't been crisp as as you said, Mickey. And you know the Mahomes getting knocked out of, of last week's game is is how crisp is he going to be? It'll be interesting to see. And and I like Buffalo's momentum. They've just been been playing really well. So I guess I'd probably lean Buffalo. I don't have a pick on this later in the show. Um, but I uh, just kind of looked at this 
you know, I, I think the Bills might 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 be their chance. But speaking of picks, gentlemen, are we ready to get into making some making some money? I think it's time. All right, let's do it. This is why you're listening to the show. We're saving the best for last. It's time to get into making some money. We obviously know Scotty's back this week, and of course he has this. Hey, Scotty. You smell that? What? Smoke? No, it's money. All the money that the sports, bats, fun addicts have been doing <laughs> your picks. What do you got for us this week, Scotty? I got picks on picks on picks on picks, baby. Hey, and by the way, gentlemen, since the start of this podcast, I am up plus 50 units. If you want to bet, you want to tell me, because if I'm giving you these picks, it's got to be good, baby. All right, let's start it off right here. AFC Championship. I'm taking Bill's money line, baby. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Two words, Allen Diggs. The Bills are a team of destiny. I look for them to have a monster game offensively, and I think the Bills' D is ready for this contest. That's going to ultimately be the deciding factor as the Bills win outright in KC by a field goal. Here's a lock, boys. This is a three-unit lock. Packers minus three and at home. Three and a half at home. You have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, who's going to get better and better each game. Brady's taking those bucks as far as he can. Hey, Antonio Brown's out of that game is going to impact that team more than you may think. The Packers win by 10. Quick prop bets from DraftKings right here. These are both boosted to plus 125. I've got a unit on Brady to have more passing yards than Rodgers, and I've got a unit on Rodgers to throw more TDs than Brady. Hop in on that prop boost, man. That's awesome stuff. Plus 125. Little UFC for you. Again, we got another money line boosted to plus 100. Connor McGregor for the win. We're going to max bet that, boys. Tell that all day long. Real quick, college b-ball. Listen, first, Maddie Money. I have got to give you a shout-out, brother, because you're a big part of my success, as I've just been telling you every single day, day in, day out. I have reaped the rewards of telling my boy, Matty Money, at Matty Bets on Twitter. You've got to follow this guy. Get those bets in, dude. And Mr. Money, thanks for those picks, baby. So real quick, I'm going to share some of my early games going on. Um, going with my gut on these picks, boys. That's when I do my best. And you can make sure to follow us on, at SportsBetFun on Twitter, at ScottyBets online, at SportsBetFun.com to make sure you get all the action on our later picks throughout the day. Early games. Kansas minus one over Oklahoma. Hey, Jalen Wilson, stud. Going to have a big game for Kansas. Auburn money line plus 120 over South Carolina. Sharif Cooper's back. That team's coming into form. Bruce Pearl has them playing. Hey, Florida minus four over UGA. That's a lot. And this is a team you're going to have to watch for the tourney. I'm telling you, they're going to get better and better. Minnesota minus six over Maryland. Hey, we don't know which, which Minnesota team's going to show up. I'm going to bet that the good one does today. <laughs> My last pick, Arkansas minus eight over Bandy. Simply put, Arkansas is eight points better than Bandy. That's my early picks, those five games. Get on them, boys. Tail them up. Love it, Scotty. I love it. And thanks for the shout out. Uh, yeah, through 60 games since since 2021, the new year, uh, 35, 23, and two on college basketball picks. That's a 60 
0.3% at picking games. I dropped two picks earlier this morning on Twitter. I'm going to give those here. I'm taking Kent State on the money line versus Toledo. I got a plus 170. If you want to reduce your risk, take Kent State getting four points. Uh, I believe that had come down to the three and a half. Um, but the Golden Flashes, they score a lot of points. They play fast. They are on the road, but their offensive numbers on the road are just as good as they are overall. Kent State lost to Toledo by two points earlier in January. They didn't shoot quite as well as they normally do. They were hitting 42.6% of their field goals in that first matchup. They normally hit around 47%, and Toledo was shooting above their average. Uh, since Kent State lost, or since that loss to Toledo, Kent State's won five in a row. I expect this to be close. I expect it to come down to the wire. It can go either way, but getting Kent State at plus 170 on the money line, I like that value as a pick. I like that one. And one that I love, and Scotty, I gave you this uh, this pick on Thursday, San Jose State versus New Mexico. On Thursday, it was under 146 and a half. Today, it's under 141 and a half. Take the under again. These two teams played just a couple days ago. I was all over that. And they combined for 118 points in that game. Not even close to the 146 that they were predicted to do. While the line is five less today, I still love that under a lot. Both teams average in the low to mid-60s in scoring. They're not great shooting teams. 37.5% or excuse me, 37% and 39% field goal shooting on the season for those teams, respectively. And here's a little fun fact. New Mexico has not allowed their college teams to be playing games in their state up until about three days ago. So New Mexico has essentially been in road games all season. They were playing. Uh, I know New Mexico State was playing over in Phoenix, and New Mexico was, I think they had some games up at UNLV. I think this is going to be the first game in the state of New Mexico. Uh, pretty wild, but that has an impact on you. You're all over the board traveling for two, three months in this season. They just aren't going to score the points. That's what the numbers show. It's a juicy, juicy play. I love the under in the San Jose State, New Mexico, under 141.5. Those are two picks I have right now. Just a reminder. I'll probably be dropping more picks on Twitter later today. Let's go. You can't say anything bad about Maddie's picks. He's making me money, but as a Toledo Rocket, that one hits a little differently. But hey, if you're going to make some money, then that's okay. Well, Mickey, you know what? It's all about making money. So let's hear how you're going to do it this weekend. That's for my my allegiances. It's with the green stuff, guys. All right. This week I have straight NFL Conference Championship action. We're going to start in Kansas City. The number one seed Chiefs, the number two seed Bills. Chiefs favored by three. Look, we've talked about this. These are the two best teams in the AFC. This is going to be a great game. Chiefs have been winning games, but they haven't been looking their best. It's tough to not play your best ball each and every week, being consistent, and still win, although the Chiefs have been doing it. Mahomes is playing. Seems like he's going to have a foot issue, but he's still going to give the Chiefs a great chance to win. The Bills come in on a roll. They've been the best team in the AFC since December, and they've shown that they can win with offense, defense, in both their playoffs games. Josh Allen has been awesome. Is he the MVP? He's in the conversation. Stephon Diggs has been uncoverable. The Bills are playing great ball. That momentum is going to keep going. It's a great story this year. My pitch is on the Bills money line. They're going to go into Kansas City. They're going to come out with a W. Let's go, Buffalo. Bills Mafia. Let's jump to a table. The Bills are going to be punching their ticket to Super Bowl 45. 55. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, I only have two picks this week, so you know what's coming next. It's time for the Steak Dinner Boom Lock of the Week. This week, we have a match made in heaven. Green Bay, Wisconsin, and meat. The only thing missing is sausage. Packers giving three and a half, hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Green Bay's quietly been the most complete team in the league. Aaron Rodgers having his best season ever and will most likely be the MVP. The real story in Chiefs at land has been how the defense has come together and grown throughout the season. They're gonna give Tom Brady fits with that pass rush. Look, Tampa's a good team. They have a shot, excellent story as we talked about earlier. Never down out Tom Brady, but we got a trip to the Super Bowl at stake. Tampa Bay, a little bit lucky to escape New Orleans last weekend thanks to Drew, B, Drew Brees being a turnover machine. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be giving away retirement gifts like Grandpa Drew did last week. I know Johnny Dodds and Mad Max are going to hate this, but I'm in on the Packers, laying three and a half at home at Lambeau. State dinner boot lock of the week, Packers minus three and a half. You guys know there's only one way to eat steak, that's with a smile on your face and cold hard cash in your pocket from tailing this day. Might even add a side of kibasa and a little cheddar cheese curds on the state of Wisconsin. Go pack, go, lay in three and a half, take to the boom lock, mark it. I love it. I love it, Mickey. And there you have it. Those are our picks of the week. Scotty, great picks. Mickey, great job. Uh, before we wrap it up, though, Mickey, you mentioned your boys, Johnny Dogs and Mad Max. You want to give a plug for them? They're going to be dropping anything on the website or anything this week? Yeah, they're going to be sending their picks. Johnny Dogs will have some picks. Mad Max will have some picks. Keep an eye out on Twitter at SportsBetsFun, uh, at MadMaxSBF. Johnny Dogs is not in the Twitter game, but uh, his picks will be on www.sportsbetsfun.com uh, later today to first mouse games. Love it. And Scotty, what's the word from C Cash, man? Does he have any good picks for us this week, or should we just keep an eye out on that a little later? Yeah, we'll be looking for uh, some picks from C Cash coming. Uh, he's actually on the road traveling right now today, so I'm not being able to holler at him, but I know he'll be sending his picks in a few times throughout the week. That's for sure, man. Hey, I love you it. You got to tell your boy C Cash, man. When, when he when he bets on the on the game, the only thing he does, C Cash. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. We'll be tracking all those. Follow us on Twitter at SportsBetsFun. Uh, we had a great week this week. Great to have the full crew back. And we're going to be looking forward to do it again next week. Um, until then, again, follow us on SportsBetsFun. Uh, check out the website at uh, SportsBetsFun.com. Check us out on Twitter. For Mickey Sanrino, for Scotty Be Good, our friends Charlie Cash, Johnny Dogs, and Mad Max, I'm Maddie Money. Thank you for tuning in to SportsBetsFun. Au revoir.